Forty chat with Coops and Tim. Games at home and away. Story stats and history links. About football in Australia. Alrighty, let's do it. Alright, welcome to Kick to Kick is Backward and Coming Forward. Yeah, we are. Charlie, he's our round one review. Footy's back. Footy's back, isn't it good? Um, the the proper season of the men's AFL is back. I'm going to... Yeah. Indeed. And I love um, one of the things you said, I think at the end of the Kick to Kick last episode, you said something like, giving you those annoying facts so you can be those annoying people at the parties. That's what we are. Yeah. That's who we are. Yeah. Now you can be more like us. <laughs> so we're going to work our way through... What a horrible this... curse. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to work our way through this weekend's games... Talk a little bit about the history links. Yes. And then we might preview a few things that are coming up this weekend as well. Yeah, can't too. wait. Um, so we'll start at the very start. Start on Thursday night, well, before, right? Before that, across the round, the MCG, 291,473 people at the G. Yep. For the four games. That's the largest ever combined crowd at the MCG for round one. Great. People Six, are happy. 60,000, exactly 60,000 more than the old record. Wow. Yeah. That's a big jump. Yeah, people are happy to be back. People are very happy to be back. Tell you what, uh, Thursday night and Friday night really uh, pushed those numbers right up, didn't they? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. why they, they had those big games. Yep. Um, even Sunday, which I'll get to. Yes. Um, so the first game, Richmond-Carlton on Thursday. Um, a draw. A draw. The very Starting the season draw. with a draw. Um, we, so it was a score Agami, so the score of 58 all has never happened before in a game. And only the second time there's been a draw at the MCG on a round one. Yes. So let's get to the draw. So it was the officially the 165th draw of all time. Okay. In the, sorry, in the VFL-AFL. Yep. Um, do you want to know some other round one draws I would had? love to know some other round one draws The last one on round one was 2011, Melbourne-Sydney at the MCG. Okay. And that was the very first draw in round one at the MCG ever. Prior to that, you had to go all the way back to 1982, Carlton and Fitzroy at Princes Park. Uh, we had 1960, Carlton and Richmond played in round one as well. And it was a draw. Um, and what else? So we then we had 19... So one of the questions someone was asking online and on I think the commentators, is this the first draw we've ever had to start the season? Yeah. And it's a bit, a bit of an annoying question. Yes. Because we know up until the 80s, every single game was played on a Saturday. Yeah, exactly. So At you, the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. So the answer's no. No. I mean, yes and no, because... Well, yeah, hey, yes, since you know, there was a first game. Yes. Yeah, but no, because yeah, because it's happened in the past, yeah, right? Yeah, we don't know the timing of when the game finished. No, <laughs> no. no. Um, 1933, North Melbourne and Fitzroy drew at Arden Street. And then between 1911 and 1921, there is a plethora... Of course there are. ...of draws. So Our scoring was a bit... Not so much. Yeah, Essen and the Demons drew at the East Melbourne Cricket Ground. <laughs> 1917, Fitzroy and Carlton at Brunswick Street. 1915, Carlton and Fitzroy again at Princes Park. 1914, there were actually two draws in round one. Carlton and Collingwood drew at Victoria Park and Geelong and Essendon at Corio. Wow. And then 1911, Essendon and Carlton at the East Melbourne Cricket Ground. As well, so a few in round one. Yeah, yeah. Um, from that, we also had the last time Richmond and Carlton drew was the nineteen seventy two semi final. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. You want me to remind you what happened that day? Go on. It was a dour, low scoring affair to start with. Richmond only managed one goal to half time, and then their champion centerman Ian Stewart didn't appear in the third quarter. Oh. Carlton's confidence was given a real boost, but Stewart's replacement Marty McMillan proved a real surprise packet. 
His pace and creativity lifted Richmond and they came roaring back into the match to lead by six points entering time on in the last quarter. Uh, Barry Armstrong's goal for Carlton levelled the scores before Jezelenko's desperate long shot from 70 metres fell short. I think that was after the siren mm. as well, leaving the score at eight goals, 13-61 all. Immediately after, sorry, just let me... Yeah. Angry fans invaded Waverley um, and umpire Ian Coates was assaulted. Wow. Okay, well, thank God there were no umpire assaults on, on Thursday mm. night. But a lot of similarities there. Low scoring, reasonably Scores dour affair, close, yeah. very close... The opposite, though, with uh, Carlton being in the lead by six and then Richmond Richmond, Richmond banging yeah. that one in and, and sneaking back up. Um, also, some fun facts about draws. Mm-hmm. Jack Rewalt... There's with, nothing fun about a draw. With, no, this is a good fact. I like this Jack one. Rewalt is now the most drawed player ever in VFL, <laughs> AFL. So he's played in eight draws. It's unbelievable. All against different teams as well. So his first one was, nine, was in 2008 against the Bulldogs. Then he drew against the Kangaroos, St Kilda, Port Adelaide, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Fremantle, and Carlton. So eight draws as a player. Yeah. Another fun fact: Blake Akers, who's now at his third club, playing for Carlton. Yes. Um, that's his third draw for his third club. So he had a draw with St Kilda with each club. So he played a draw playing for St Kilda against GWS in 2018. Last year he was playing for the Dockers when they drew with Richmond. And now he's drawn with Richmond again, this time playing for Carlton. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, a few other little bits and pieces here. Um, this game also featured the captain and coach being Brownlow medalists for the first time since 2010. Oh, yes. Previous to that, um, Michael Voss and Simon Black for two games in 2010 were captain and coach. Captain coach, yeah. Um, then you have to go all the way back to Robert Harvey and Malcolm Blight in 2001. And prior to that, Peter Bedford and Ian Stewart back in 76. Wow. There's another little Ian Stewart shout out. It's amazing. Some of these things you're like, that couldn't have ever happened before. And then you list off like three other times yeah. that it's happened. It's great. Um, it. Like we mentioned, Jack Silvani joined Soss and his father and all his grandfather surged all 100 games. All for the one club. Yes. So there's a few players who have done this, but not for one club. So we've got the Murphys, Leo, John and Mark, who all played 100 games, but for different clubs. Yep. Um, Leo for Hawthorne, John for Fitzroy South and North, and Mark for Carlton. And then you got um, John Kennedy Senior for Hawthorne, John Kennedy Junior for Hawthorne, and then Josh Kennedy, a little bit for Hawthorne, Hawthorne but mostly and for Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that is uh, all those links with the draws. As soon as it was a draw, I'm like, we got a lot this to talk is, about. There's plenty going on, right? Yeah. Right, let's move on to Friday's yes. match. Yes. The, the Cats versus Collingwood at the G as well. Yep. Only the third time a St Patrick's Day game has been played at the MCG. <laughs> okay. So it was fitting that Zach Tui kicked the first two goals, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Irishman. Um, we had Scorigami again. Never has a game ended on 125 to 103, which surprised me. Um, we, and we had that old rule of uh, first to kick 100 points. Yeah. Generally wins. They were both locked on 99 points for a long time. For a while, time, yeah. Until the Pies were the one who broke that deadlock and then surprise, surprise, they went on and won. Yeah. Um, therefore, curse of the president's wife. Continues. The, uh, well, it didn't another, happen last year, no. but that, that's, when, that's for, for new listeners. A feather in that's the cap. That's what we call it when the Premier loses their opening game. Yes. Yep. Um, the last team to do that was West Coast in 2019, losing to Brisbane in the first round, finishing the season in fifth. So I don't know if that bodes well. Dangerfield has now played 150 games for both the Cats and the Crows. Oh, yeah. Some that's other big... players to have done a similar thing include Bernie Quinlan, Sean Burgoyne, Heath Shaw, and Buddy Franklin. Good list to be a part of, that yep. one. Yeah. And here's a fun, this is a swamp swamp thing fact. 
goalless final terms for AFL VFL sides in their first game as reigning premier. Geelong didn't score a goal in the last quarter against the Pies. The last team to do that was Melbourne in 1961. Ah, not a good time. The D's actually also did it in 57 and 41. So, well, 57 and, and, and take. And 1901. There you go. So it seems to be a bit of a ah. demon's habit. <laughs> the Bombers are here a few times as well. Um, that moves us up to Saturday's games. Yes. So the ba- the battle of the wooden spooners first with North Melbourne and West Coast and West Coast there. Nice close match that one. Yes, it was. Yeah, very close. Um, it was a celebration of Alan Aylett as well, who passed away last year, um, and they, we didn't really get to celebrate him. I think he died during the finals. Yeah, and I reckon more more probably should have been made of him during the grand final for the impact he made on the AFL VFL. Yeah, it's. Almost feels like it's too, too too recent in history, right? To yeah, yeah to really talk not really, about. Though. No, it's not. It's quite a while ago. But to talk about someone's effect on the game, it almost. I mean, he's had a, as we've talked about in our in the, our other podcast. Mm. He's had a huge effect on the game in the way it is now. Well, so yeah, and I think it was quite fitting that it was North Melbourne, the yes. club he was president at, playing West Coast, the, who was a the club, club he like, brought in. Well, he was yeah the, the father of expansion, yeah. really. So. That was probably two good teams to play that. Um, so they had a picture of Alan Aylett on their jumper as well to nice. celebrate him. And I don't know if they're wearing that all season, but it's definitely a nice little um, addition. Yeah. They've also renamed the southern end of Docklands the Alan Aylett end of the ground because it looks back at Arden Street. Ah, I love yeah. that. That's good. Um, they had the banner, black armbands, um, and there's a letter from Marge Aylett as well, which I might, I've got a little snippet of audio to play. Thank you so much. You've got no idea how much I appreciate that. But I'm sure Alan would love it. It was in his heart all the time, this North Melbourne football club. Yeah, so nice that they invited her to training to talk yeah. and to really celebrate his life, which I think definitely needs. to It's great when, it, when the clubs do that, bring people in and talk about you know how much that club's meant to different people. And, yeah. Because yeah. like we said, he had a big impact. Oh, yeah. Especially in North Melbourne, there'd be no premierships. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially in the 70s. Yeah. Um, talking on the West Coast side of things, we had three teenagers debuting for the first time. Reuben Gibney, Noah Long and Campbell Chesser. Um, and... We've got to talk about Harry Sheasel as well. Yes. The debutante for North Melbourne. 34 disposals in his first game. The most for a debutante in the AFL era. Yep, okay. So previous to that, in the I think in the 80s, we had Dean Gregg with 39 and Greg Williams with 38 of, of recorded statistics. Yes. Mm-hmm. So remember before 1965? We don't no know. Yeah. So, Can't imagine it though, the way the game was played. Surely Laurie Nash would have, he would have got 40. I mean, he would have told you. you. ask him, yeah. <laughs> Just ask yeah. him, yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, Clarko's first win at the, at the Roos as coach. His first win as a player was a five-point win against the Ds as well. So oh, he likes so close games. He, lo- he loves a close game. Um, and at Hawthorne, it took him four games to actually win his first match. So things are going to go even quicker. They're mm. going to win, what, uh, 12 in a row? <laughs> Is that how it works? No. Times by four? No? Okay. Right, the next game was one actually we watched together. We did, yes. <laughs> Port Adelaide-Brisbane. Uh which felt it was very close for a while and then absolutely blew out at the end. Yeah, Port Adelaide. Yeah. They had a new Collingwood. Mm. Was, and I say that because last year was maybe that was their off year. Their off year, their down because year. Because the two years previous they've been pretty dominant. Yep. And so last year was just an aberration, and they're just going to go on and. But we we'll go see. back to the way they were playing. Yeah, they looked pretty good. Mm. Um, probably the wake up call the Lions needed as well. 
power excellent. Um, I haven't got much here apart from uh, Will Ashcroft is the first Brisbane Bears father-son selection. Is he really? He is there you go. And he received his jumper from his 318-game triple premiership father, Marcus. Nice. The next game you couldn't go to? No. The the Doggies versus the Ds at the G. The 3,000th game at the G. 3,000th VFL, AFL game. VFL, AFL mm. game at the G. Um, I have tried to find out VFA games as well. Yes. I'm not there yet. I'll keep keep investigating. We have, we've talked a bit uh, in the past about how... Uh, the history of the game before 1897 should, you know, be potentially be recognised. And uh, so we're wondering what game this actually was in the... Mm. If we go back but to then the history in- of these clubs. Do you include international rules games as well? Uh, do you, it is- all gets a bit murky, it doesn't does, it? But yeah. 3,000 games 3, in the is a lot. Do you want to hear about the 2,000th and 1,000th game? Yes, I would love to. All right, the 2,000th game was played in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Elimination final between Carlton and Adelaide, which the Blues won. Game 1000 was around 14, 1974 between Melbourne and Richmond. I was going to say it would have had to be a bit more of a gap. Yeah, because it was only Melbourne's home ground. Yeah, yeah, only finals. slightly. Yeah. Only. But actually, I would have thought it would have been a fair bit earlier than that. But then, there's a, th- a thousand games from 1897 to 74. So, yeah, it took a long time to get those first thousand out. It did. Um. It was also nice to see the AFLW Demons team play, um, do a lap of honour. Yep. Um, I've just realised I've made a mistake. That 2000th game was 2001, not 2000. Yep. Yep, Carlton Adelaide. Um, uh, the AFLW Demons did a lap of honour, celebrating their premiership from last year. Um, some other good things that happened. I don't know if you saw this. Brian Wilson was in attendance for the pregame function. I did. And he received... His 1982 Brownlow medal, which he had lost 10 years ago. Amazing. So it was sent anonymously to the club. Um, so quite fitting that he should receive it in a game against the Bulldogs, which is the team that he originally played for. It's worked out quite well, yeah, hasn't it? It did, yeah. And he, did you see the footage of it? I, he was in tears. He was yeah, like, yeah. He was stoked to get it back. Yeah, so they obviously surprised him with it. It was pretty yeah. incredible, yeah. yeah. Um. Another fun fact, Ben Brown and Cosie Pickett became the first Melbourne players to kick four goals in a round one since Adam Uze in 2005. Really? Yeah. There you go. And finally, it should be noted here that the Pies were actually playing Trelaw and Grundy to play against each other in that game. Oh, yeah, they could. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What have they done to themselves? Mm. Very interesting. Um, Next round. The next game was uh, Sydney versus Gold Coast. Yes, another scoregami here. 110 to 61. 61, yes. And we, we talked uh, in our, pre, uh, our pre-season sort of chat about whether Sydney were going to have a boil over after being smashed in the grand final. And the Suns, but, and the Suns kind of had and, Sydney's measure yeah, from but recently. Didn't look like it. No, it was a pretty poor game to watch, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm not liking our tip of Cold Coast making the top eight <laughs> no. at this stage. Um, they're going to have to turn things around. Do you know Luke Pike is the most experienced captain in the AFL at the moment? He's that's... been captain for 90 games, and that's the most experience of any of the captains. Wow. Well, considering we have nine new ones. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. And, and a couple of the older... Hey, that can't be right. It is. Who's oh, been... no, of course. I was going to say, because Maxie Gorn, but no, he he hasn't been captain for that long. No. Only a couple of years, yeah. Um, Buddy Franklin with two goals. He's now eight away from equaling Doug, rec- Doug Wade's record, or Doug Wade's total. Total, yeah. And fourth on the list, fourth. right? Yep, yep. yep. Um, and fun fact, watching the game, I was like, how many of the original Suns are still around? Okay. From, from the very first game they played. There's four. Four? Yep. 
Four who are still playing for clubs today. Go on. One of them plays for the Suns. That's David Swallow. I was gonna. I was gonna say I, when you when you first asked the question, I'd be surprised if there's more than one still playing at the Suns yeah. from the original. One okay. of them plays for Richmond, Dion Prestia. Yep. And two of them play for Port, Charlie Dixon and Trent McKenzie. I forgot that Charlie Dixon started at Gold Coast. He's, there been, you go. he's been at Port for so long now. Yeah. You'd forget. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, so we have the the Giants versus the Crows. Yes, I'm going to call this the light brown tsunami at Giants Stadium. <laughs> and here's the reason. Okay. That's the colour you get when you mix orange and green. Because Toby and Tom Green had 56 disposals between them. Four goals, four. So it was a light brown tsunami. Because they helped win the game. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Um, Elliot won the Battle of the Himmelbergs, beating Harry. Yep. In terms of individual efforts. And something else I noted, which I don't think is a record, but there were five previous club captains playing in this game. That's a lot. So for GWS, it? you had Callum Ward, Stephen Cornelio, and Josh Kelly. Yep. Who all were previous captains. And for the Crows, Taylor Walker and Rory Sloan. Yeah. So I only worked this out recently and I was, I was trying to work out... Cause remember St Kilda had all those captains at one yes. stage? Yeah. And Sydney had like three or four or five captains. So I'm sure there's a game they played where there was probably six or seven yeah. captains. But I don't know... Yeah, I feel like when you're having multiple captains at once, like Sydney like to do and, you know, it's a, and, and the Saints did for a while, it's a different story, mm. isn't it, when, than when you've got so many who've just taken over from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next game we can talk for hours about if you want. I've got <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet you do. Uh, Hawks versus Essendon. That was a quite a surprise. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah. Um, having gone to round one last year and being absolutely pummeled by the Cats. Yeah. I went in very trepidatious. I'm like, and even when we were 10 goals up, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not ready to relax. Because <laughs> two seasons ago, Hawthorne came back and beat us by a point when we were up by that much, something like that. So... It wasn't till late in the last quarter I relaxed yep. and, the, uh, and well, enjoyed you, it. Well, what do you always talk about? Like, if there's more minutes than goals to kick, then I'm, I can relax. I feel like that's another uh, Lee Matthews it is, ism, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Lee Matthews, he was there. The, uh, the 1983 of course he was. team yeah. did a lap of honour. Thank um, God they did that before the game. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because <laughs> the game ended up almost the reverse. Um, we, and we only spoke about that pretty recently. Yeah, we the, did. The yeah. Hawks absolutely destroyed the Bombers in that game. So they did a lap of honour as the part of the 40th year um, And I'm sure the Essendon supporters in the crowd would have been super happy about Those it. who understood what was the significance of that, potentially. Um, but yeah, it was a domination. Essendon kicked nine unanswered goals. Last mm. time they did that was 2013. Um, also, the Hawks came into round one with the best streak of round one wins. They won five in a row. Um, the last team that beat them was actually Essendon in 2017. So, oh. yeah, we got them got, got them back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, our biggest win over the Hawks in 19 years since round 11, 2004, also known as the line in the same ah, game. I remember it I well. I think we won by 74 points. So, yeah. And top of the ladder now, Bombers. Yes. So First time since round 6, 2013. Yep. And stat I heard, which I told you before, only once in the last 28 years, I think, has a team that was on top of the ladder at the end of the first round missed finals. Which is amazing, which is actually incredible considering how easy it would be to just... Win like, one game by a lot. Yeah, win, win yeah. one game by a lot against someone who ends up being absolute cellar dwellers. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it's surprising that that's happened. Yeah. Just goes to show you get, get off on the right foot early and, you know, your whole... The pressure comes off a little bit. Things yep. can make a big difference. Yeah. Who was that team that missed it, Tim? Brisbane in 2007. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so go Bombers. And uh, had a nice father, father-son moment of, of two men with the same name in Alwyn Davey and Alwyn Davey Jr. Yes. Starting up, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Um, and then the last game of the round was St Kilda Frio, the Ross Lyon Cup, as we mentioned. It was. And good fun fact about him, his time between St Kilda coaching wins, 11 years, 197 days. Wow. So his last win as St Kilda coach was round 24, 2011. That his, was that his last game as coach? Second last. Because his last game they lost. Oh, of course. Yeah, the, which yeah. was the final. final. Semi-final. Yeah. Uh, no, it was an elimination final against Sydney. Yeah. Not the biggest gap between wins though as a coach. Okay. I've got... Well, the, the record here is Ron Barassi. Yeah. But do we include it? Because his first one was for the D's in round 8, 1964... Where I think Norm Smith was on state duties, and so he was. So he filled in. He wasn't the like. He wasn't coach. the official coach. Yeah. yeah, it was a win over the Lions, and his next win for the Demons came in round three, nineteen eighty-one, against the Dogs. Um, next on the list is Roy Kazali. Yeah. Okay. So his gap is four. So Barassi's gap was sixteen years, three hundred nine days. Kazali's fourteen years, three hundred sixty days. His last win. In the first part was uh, round 18, 1922. Mm-hmm. His next win as Swans coach was round 6, 1937 against the Hawks. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, some good little links there. Um, now, watching the D's game, which I'm sure you did, did you hear them mention Fred Fanning? I did. Yeah, so yes. they talked about a little bit about Fred Fanning wearing the same the number 6, six number that Brody Grundy's yes. got. Um, and trying to relate them. Other players who have worn number 6, Frank Adams, Ross Brewer, Glenn Lovett. Jordan Lewis and Luke Jackson. Yes. Um, Frank Davis, 1964 Premiership player, was the one who actually handed it over to Brody Grundy. Yeah. It's a nice nice moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's good It's good bringing those guys, those older guys back in and, and continuing the history of the game when we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Cole's goals for the end of round one. Oh, it has to be the Bombers. Got Collingwood. Oh. One point ahead of the Bombers. So... They both kicked 19 goals. So yeah. if, if goals are the same, you go to points then. So Collingwood kicked 19-11 to Essendon's 19-10. Ah. So Collingwood are leading the goals, Coles goals. The Coles goals early. For those of you who don't know, Coles goals <laughs> was a competition run. Was it the 60s? Yeah, yeah 60s and, and into the 70s maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Col- Coles run a competition. They had weekly prizes. Was it like 100 pounds to the club with the highest goals each week? And there was over, an overall score for the end of the season yeah. as well. So we'll keep track of that. Um, are we going to award the McCracken name award, like a nominee for the McCracken name? I think we should. All right. Okay. So this week we've got these are the nominees. Yes. Harry Sheasel, Campbell Chesser, Reuben Gibney, Judd McVie, Bodie Uland, Max Mulcaney, Matthias Philippou, or Anthony Caminiti. I want to go with Harry Sheasel, just because it it gives me reminders of Harry Beitzel as well. Oh, it yeah. sort of nice. just connects me back in there. Yeah. Very nice. All right, so we might... And I feel like surely the nickname The Cheezle's got to come out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it has. Um, And should we look ahead to round two quickly? Let's talk about round two. Okay, so round two. We've got four past grand final matchups coming up. That being teams that have played in grand finals before. Yep. Um, So Carlton Geelong is a big one on Thursday night. Um, Now... We could potentially have Charlie, assuming Tom Hawkins stays fit, the last four Coleman medalists playing in a game together. Which has never happened. Has never happened. Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron, Charlie uh, Kerno, yeah, Harry Mackay. Harry Mackay, yep. Okay. So I I went through... To find out I tried if it to find ever, out happened, it ever happened And I'm pretty sure it hasn't. You have done a lot of work. I then looked through, well, has it any 
like future played against each other. Yeah. This is what I've got. Round five, 1982, Hawthorne versus Richmond. We have two former winners and one and two future winners. Yeah. Um, so for the Hawks, sorry, for the Tigers, you've got Disco Roach, who won it in 80 and 81. And you've also got Brian, Brian Taylor, Taylor, who would win it for Collingwood in 1986. Yeah. On the Hawthorne side of things, you've got Lee Matthews, who won it in 1974. And then... And also you've got Gary Ablett, <laughs> senior. <laughs> Who won it 93, 94, and 95? Yeah, for July, In that tiny little window where he played for the Hawks. Yeah. Um, then going even further back, you have to go to the three games Essendon played against Collingwood in 1902 when four of the leading goal kickers played against, in, each, against other. each other. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, four time, all three times they played. Albert Thurgood, who led the league in 1900, Fred Hiskins, 1901, Collingwood's Teddy Lockwood, who won it for Melbourne in 1900, and then 1903 for. Uh, Collingwood and Charlie Panham, who won it in 1905. Yeah. So, yeah, history will be made. Yeah. On Thursday night. Um, moving on, there's a few other little bits and pieces to look at. Uh, Lions play the D's. Their first meeting, well, depends how you look at it. VFA, we could have, it was in 1884. Mm-hmm. VFL, round three, 1897. And then we got the clash of the prison bars on Saturday. Yeah. So, um, they first took on Port Adelaide. In 1897, the Pies went across to play against the Port. Um, Collingwood winning by 62 to 18. Dick Condon, best on ground. Of course. If you're a fan of the show, Dick Condon is an old favourite of ours. Um, there was, of course, no jumper clash because Port Adelaide wore a magenta jumper with no stripes at that stage. That's right. They didn't They didn't adopt the, the black and white stripes until 1903. Uh, is that right? Yeah, Some, so somewhere they're around an older there. club, but they bought those colours in later. Yeah. Um, my idea for this... I think I've told you this before. Go on. Collingwood and Port Adelaide should always play in round one. And if Port win, they can wear their jumper whenever they want for the season. If they lose, they can't wear it at all. Put something on it. I love it. Yeah. Um, now, Saturday, we've got Western Bulldogs playing St Kilda. And they're actually playing for the Barker Witten Challenge Plate, which is a shield they've played for since 1997. Wow. Yeah, so it's um, obviously playing... Honour to Ted Witten and Trevor Barker. Um, and highlights the Trevor Barker Foundation and the EJ Witten Foundation. Oh, nice. Both of which partner with Challenge. Um, oh, okay. Support, so that's the connection between yeah, the two. To support cool. children and their families living with cancer. Fantastic. Yeah. So being awarded to the winning captain post-match. Um, so, let's see if I've got a breakdown here. Um, the Bulldogs have claimed the plate on, I think, 12 occasions which would mean, what, 11 for St Kilda. So pretty even. Yep. Um, actually, I haven't got the results here for last time, but they, yeah, they're playing for one of those those things. Yeah. <laughs> There's many of those inter-club yeah, yeah. cups, as they we don't, mention. Yeah. That sort of you don't really know about until they come up, right? No, yeah. not at all. Um, <clears throat> and Freo and North are playing as well. They first met at Subiaco Oval in round 11, 1995, with the Roos winning by 71. Glenn Archer and Wayne Carey both kicked six that night. <sighs> Hawks and Sydney, first played in 1925. Obviously, Sydney playing as South Melbourne at that time. Swans winning by 67 at Lakeside Oval. Joker Hall was coaching the Hawks at that stage, and Charlie Panham was coaching the Swans. Oh, my God. Um, and this is a different Charlie Panham to the one we mentioned before. Yeah. This is his son. Um, funnily enough, Charlie Panham's record of 108 games at South Melbourne as South Melbourne coach remained as a record until Ian Stewart passed it in 1981. Wow. Yeah. He's still fifth on the all-time Swans coach list. That's crazy. Isn't that bizarre. Yeah. 
Um, Essendon Gold Coast on Sunday. Um, these two teams have played 12 of 13 games at Marvel or Carrara by their one random game at Cardinia Park in 2021 because of COVID. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course. Um, and West Coast GWS we've got coming up as well. The pattern here, if you look at their times they played, goes Eagles 5, Giants 3, Eagles 4, Giants 2. So by that logic, it's the Eagles this time and they'll probably win the next two as well. Okay. Yeah. But judging on their for both teams' form... You'd think I the Giants know. have it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, no, mm, interesting. Mm. Well, that is... That's, uh, that's round two, right? Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to... Well, hopefully, I'm very excited to, uh, to hear... Hopefully, all four of those guys are playing on Thursday night and yeah. uh, you guys can sit around and tell some people that fact. Yeah, yeah. Yep. First time this has ever happened, guys. Yes, ever. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening. Much shorter episodes if you're if you're a long time listener of our show. Um, they are, these are much shorter episodes. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy and are looking forward to talking about round two next week. Indeed, and let's we'll finish off. We always finish off with a song, and I think it's fitting we hear the draw song, Charlie. Of course, we it's have a draw to. Draw by the Barrackville Singers. Beautiful. Um, one of our favourites. Have a listen. Hooroo. <laughs> listening to the kick to kick podcast present backward in coming forward you can find all our old episodes wherever you get your good podcasts if you want to get in contact with us our email address is kick to kick podcast at gmail.com on social media we have twitter at kick to kick pod or on facebook or you can find us on instagram at backwards and coming forward for a full list of our resources and things we use to inform our show, head to kicktokickpodcast.com. You'll also find some interesting things in all our old episodes. Once again, thank you for listening. <laughs>